This is Nova Church Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as Pastor Mike Miller teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. I want to encourage you today, there's no other name than Jesus Christ. There's a lot of names. I've been around long enough that what's, in, what's famous for one decade is not famous the next. We have one-hit wonders in music and Hollywood and in movies and in politics. But there's one name that lasts no matter what generation, no matter what country you're in. I am thankful for the power of Jesus Christ. Today, if you came today, I want to let you know you're in, the, you're in the right place today. You're like, man, I don't know if I believe in God. You're in the right place. You're like, this is church? I don't know. It's awful hazy. Well, we're used to fog in Halifax. <laughs> You're going, I don't know, I don't know if I believe in God, you're in the right place today. There's room on the journey for you, no matter what you believe, no matter where you're at. We're people that are passionate about God and what he's done in our life. And today we want to walk him to that journey and we're glad you're here. All over this place, can we just bow our head for a moment as we pray? We're so glad you're here. Some of you are like, man, I don't know if I, I, what's going on, but I like it. We built the church for you. Some of you are like, I feel far from God. We built the church for you. Some of you are like, man, I know God. I want to raise my family in church. We built a church for you. Let's pray today. Father, I thank you for this moment. I thank you for every face in this room today. Father, different journeys, different levels, different, different stories. But God, there is room. I'm thankful there's room for me in this journey. There's room for my friends. I pray these next few minutes, Lord. I pray, Father, our goal is clear, not to be entertained or even informed, but to leave here more passionate about your plan for our lives. More like you than when we walked in. We, we love like you. We would live like you. We would forgive like you. So, Father, I thank you for these next few moments. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Anybody said? Come on, can you just high-five one person before you sit down? My hugger's in the room. Can you just hug somebody, high-five somebody, wave at somebody this morning as you grab a seat this morning? Welcome to church, everyone. We're glad you are here. Welcome to Nova Church. Welcome to Nova Church. For those that came back, you made it back. If this is your first time, you're a guest here today, we want to let you know that uh, we want something for you, not from you. This is, we want to just bless you today, and we hope you enjoy this, and you enjoy this service, and enjoy today. I was so proud of my wife, Amy, uh, wife Nancy, talking to Amy and Joel. <laughs> it's the fog, it's got in the brain now. <laughs> My wife, Nancy, talking to Amy and Joel, our kids' ministry. We love our kids' ministry. And kids are a big part of who we are at Nova. And we believe in doing things as a family. We believe in enjoying this as a family. Kids aren't put to the side. And even right now, they are being uh, taught and ministered to and loved on and just having so much fun. And thank you for trusting us with your kids. Uh, I was a kid once. Anybody else a kid once? Anybody else still laugh like they're a kid? Am I the only one? Come on. <laughs> Uh, next week, because of that, I want to just make this fun announcement. I think you saw it. Maybe, Jeremy, you can put it up there. We have a petting zoo next week. I know what some of you are thinking. That's a bad idea. If you're waiting for good humor, this is not going to be the church for you. I'll just let you know. I wouldn't pull the, the wool over your eyes for anything. I'm sure that was a, that was a sheep joke. That was this. I kid. I kid. It's already a zoo around here, fire trucks and people things going on, so why not just bring some animals into the thought? I just thought, why not? So next week, we're going to have a petting zoo right after the service, right out front, for the kids to enjoy. And I thought, you know what? Like, why not come and enjoy church and then hopefully find a donkey and some, there won't be giraffes, but if it helps you get your kids here, tell them there's going to be giraffes here and 
elephants and unicorns and all that stuff. But next week, we're going to have a party. And afterwards, a petting zoo, Hatfield Farms is coming. And I think that's a great idea. I'm looking forward to that. My only focus is how to get my team from not being distracted by the animals. Some of my team's like, I love it, but I need 30 minutes with the animals by myself. I just need to enjoy those animals and just, just bring my stress down. So next week, we got a petting zoo. We're really, really excited. Anybody have a Bible today? If you have a Bible today, if you turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 6, if you don't have a Bible today, that's great. I believe we'll have it on the screen behind us on the iPad 17 behind us. Look at the size of that thing. I love our screen. I just love that screen. 2 Corinthians 6.1 reads like this. It says, As God's partners, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then ignore it. For God says, at just the right time I heard you, and on the day of salvation I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. I love that. As God's partners, we beg you to not accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then ignore it. I want to remind you today that we are offering a thing called Next Steps right after the service. And last week... We had about 20 people put their hand up and say, I want to start my faith with Christ. I want to start this walk with God. And some of you came back this week, and others are like, man, I I want to get involved with this church. And we honestly believe that it is more enjoyable if you contribute than just consume. Now, make no mistake, we want to build a church. We believe hundreds are going to come and enjoy our services. But there's another, another level of belonging that comes when you jump in and not only attend, but say, I want to be a part of this family. I want to be a part of this community. Church is not just a service. So many times we think church is just a service on a certain time. Church is actually a community, and we are a community that loves our city and reaches people. And right after the service today, we're starting a short class for 30 minutes. We're going to have coffee. We may have cupcakes. We may not have cupcakes. We have cupcakes. We have desserts. And we're going to have for 30 minutes for the next four weeks. And we're going to offer this class almost every week. It's called Next Steps. And if you give us four weeks, we're going to help you grow in your faith and connect to this church and walk out after four weeks, and you can start helping us serve and build this church. And, you know, really it helps us because we need help with our kids' ministry and worship teams and, and getting rid of fire alarms and fire trucks and helping us pet zoo animals and serve coffee and set up. But really, we honestly believe it helps you because your faith is active. The Bible says that you can see faith. And I want to let you know, we have about 113 people on this team right now serving every week. Some of us were here at 6.15 this morning unloading trucks. The enjoyment level that comes when you're involved in something But if you give us four weeks, we can get you connected to this church, also growing your faith. And it starts this week. If you signed up, we had about 30 people sign up already. If you're like, I didn't sign up, that's all right. We got room for you. Right after the service, you're going to walk out, look for the what's next wall. We're going to sit you down for 30 minutes. I'm going to teach for 30 minutes, give you good coffee and dessert, and for four weeks in a row, and we'll get you connected. Does that sound like a good idea? Right after the service, next steps, go to the lobby. We'll hook you in from there. Uh, Today, I want to read our main text today in Hebrews chapter 11. I want to share from God's word. I don't think church should be boring. Can someone say amen? I don't think, I think dead church helps no one. That's why you think, man, the lights are bright. The sound is loud. Yeah, because we've got to keep you awake. We believe, that, we believe in being a loud church. We believe in being a lively church. We believe in a fun church. Come on, skinny jeans and ripped jeans. You can come as you are. Some people are like, I don't know if I got the right clothes for church. If you can wear it, we got it. We're good. And we're glad you're here this morning. In Hebrews chapter 11, I'm going to read this this morning. This is called the faith chapter. When we, when we preach this, when we study this, another version is called the Hall of Fame of Faith, the Hall of Fame. 
The Hall of Fame, come on, if you've been to the Hockey Hall of Fame in Toronto or maybe the baseball one or, or another sport, I, I've been to the Nova Scotia Sports Hall of Fame. In fact, we have a great friend, we call him Hoff, Hall of Fame. He's in the Hall of Fame for, his, for what he's done with uh, soccer as a, in, in the province. And The Hall of Fame, wherever you are, no matter what level it is, is always for the best of the best of the best. That's the Hall of Fame. You only get in the Hall of Fame if you win. I don't know if there's many Blue Jays in the Hall of Fame this year, but... Uh, or Leafs, but we'll have a hall of fame. This here in Hebrews chapter 11 is the hall of fame of faith. It is, it is full of people, men and women, who lived their faith, who believed in God. It goes through and tells their great exploits, what God did. And we wrote it down. It was written down, breathed by God, inspired by God. And we call this the great examples of faith, or it's called the faith chapter or the hall of fame. Let me read a few verses this morning, starting in verse 1. It says, faith is the confidence that, we, that, what we ha- that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance of the things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. How many know it's a good thing to have a good reputation? Because you can have a bad one. Jump down to verse 7. Now it starts listing some of these Hall of Fame people. Verse 7. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. Verse 8, it was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home. Some of you have some 25-year-olds living at home. You need to, by faith, kick them out that they'll leave home. Come on, somebody. Verse 11, it was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, even though she was barren and too old. Verse 30, verse 22, it was by faith that Joseph, when he was about to die, said confidently that the people of Israel would leave Egypt. Verse 30 and 31. It was by faith that the people of Israel marched around Jericho for seven days, and then the walls came crashing down, giving them a great victory. Verse 31, and it was by faith that Rahab the prostitute was not destroyed when the people in her city who refused to obey God, for she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. This morning, for the next few minutes, as I want to encourage you, so many faces we don't know and we're going to get to know, but whatever got you up this morning to get you to church, whether it's your first time or you've come back for the second week and you want to join this community, I want to talk about this title this morning, this thought that I want to settle in your mind and just kind of rest down into your spirit, into your heart today. This title, Nova Faith. Look at your neighbor and say, you need some Nova Faith. Look at your other, other neighbor and say, you need some Nova Faith. Talking about Nova Faith, we started a series last week called We Are Nova. Nova means new. Nova Scotia is New Scotland. Nova Church is not only a new church, but we believe that God gives new starts. We believe that God is the God of second chances and third chances and fourth chances. We believe we're the God that gives you a new hope and a new dream and a new vision no matter where you came from, no matter where you've been, that God has something new for you. The best is yet to come. Heard someone say this, you're only old when you have more memories than you have dreams. I know some 25-year-olds that are old, and I know some 60-year-olds that are young. We got some dreams as a church, but we started this series putting out the the culture of who we are as a church. We are Nova. Today, I want to talk about faith, Nova faith. I believe there are new levels of faith that we can have as a church, but I believe in your marriage, as parents, in your workplace, in community, I believe we can have new levels of faith, Nova faith for what God wants to do in our lives. Let me ask you a question today. How old were you when you started to realize men and women think differently? Some of your husbands are like, I'm afraid to answer that right now. Have you realized that, that men and women think differently? They do. 
I'll, I'll prove it to you. Guys, no matter what movie they go to, girls don't think this way. But no matter what movie a guy goes to, he walks out from that movie, he's convinced he's the main character in that movie. It's the absolute truth. God, it doesn't matter if it's an action film. They're driving their car fast and furious. They're driving their car home. It's a 1998 Dodge Caravan, but they're driving that thing like it is a race car. It doesn't matter if the, if the main character was an accountant that exposed the business. They walk home trying to add numbers in their head. I went to an action movie last week. I walked out counting cars in the parking lot, looking at license plate. I was convinced I was being followed on the way home. It was my wife trying to keep up in her car. You know what I'm saying? If it's a cartoon, I'm convinced I'm a talking car on the way home. I just think every guy walks out of a movie going, I'm the main character. Guys think differently than girls. I've also realized that guys and girls think differently about how they define words. Like, like if you ask a guy, are you good? And they say, I'm fine. <laughs> they mean they're fine. It's like if you ask a guy, what do you think? And he says nothing. He's thinking nothing at all. If you ask a girl what she's thinking and she says nothing, well, that, for my wife, that means she has a list she's making for me to do, but she's not ready to tell me yet. You ask a guy if, if, if things are fine, he goes, if things are fine, they're fine. If you ask my wife, I realized men and women are different when I got married. And when my wife says things are fine, I don't know what the opposite of fine is, but it is the opposite of fine. If this is fine over here, when my wife says things are fine, it's somewhere over here. Things are not fine. And the only question is how long it's going to take for me to figure out why things are not fine. Some of you guys are so nervous right now to look and laugh at this right now. You're looking straight ahead. Just look at me. I know that you know that I know that you know exactly what I'm talking about right now. When things are fine at my house, I'm like, Mike, they're fine. I'm like, okay, I know I'm in trouble. I don't know what I did yet. So I try, to, I try to fix things. The first thing I try to do is be funny. And I am funny, contrary to what you may believe, but I make myself laugh. And so I try to, <laughs> I'm just doing something. I'm making jokes. I'm making dad jokes. I'm, and my wife is not having it. So then it's just, it gets worse. So I'll move from humor usually into food at that point. And I'm like, hey, do you want me to feed the kids? Do you want me to go get supper? Because when dad cooks, it usually involves the drive through window. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm saying? My kids love when dad cooks. It usually involves Boston pizza or McDonald's. I am loving it. I'm like, hey, do you want me to get some food? No, I've been cooking all day. I've had things prepared. I'm like, okay. I, I, I will even try to help the kids. Like, hey, I'm going to bath the kids, make sure the kids are showered. No, Mike, they had showers last night. I realized that the only thing I can do when things are fine is do laundry. I've never gotten in trouble once for doing laundry when things were fine. So if you ever come to my house and I'm folding laundry, it's because things are fine. <laughs> In Hebrews chapter 11, what's fascinating to me in this whole chapter of the Hall of Fame, there's only two women mentioned in this whole chapter. Now, I don't mean this as a joke. I'm, con I'm convinced of this. Women are tougher than men. 100%. I got an amen from the front row on that. Her husband's afraid to answer, but she said amen. But they are. If you've seen childbirth, come on, somebody. I stubbed my toe. My wife gave birth to humans. You know what I'm saying? Like, women are tougher. The man cold is a real deal, but... What fascinates me in Hebrews chapter 11, in this hall of fame, these amazing men and women, there's only two women mentioned in the faith chapter. You know who's not in the faith chapter? Mary, the mother of Jesus. If I had to put someone in the hall of fame, it would be the woman that gave birth to God. I just, I just think that would be a big deal. The one that had to put God through school, had to change his diaper. I think Mary should be the, her faith and what she went through and the persecution and all. She's not in the faith chapter. I think Esther should be in the faith chapter. Esther, a woman of remarkable beauty on the outside, but remarkable courage on the inside, stood up and stopped the genocide of a nation. She's not in the faith chapter. 
The women at the tomb, Jesus died and rose. And when he came back, all the guys took off because guys always lose the instructions and directions. But these women were faithful and faithful. And he shows up. He's like, where's the guys? They're like, I don't know. They're like, Are you? and Jesus is like, you guys good? They're like, it's fine, you know. And, uh, but the women that met him, when he came back to start the church, they're not in the Hall of Fame. There's only two women mentioned in the Hall of Fame. The first one is Abraham's wife, Sarah. That's no shock to me. Sarah and her husband, really a nation, came through them, a birth of a nation. We now know it as Israel and God's people and this whole story of redemption and God. That makes sense to me why she's in the Hall of Fame. But there's another woman mentioned in verse 30 and 31. It's a prostitute named Rahab. Of all the Hall of Fame, of all the people, you have Noah, and you have Joseph, and you have David, and you have these heroes, and you have Sarah. And then all of a sudden, right there, in verse 30 and 31, you have this prostitute in the Hall of Fame. I think God wants to tell us something this morning about our Hall of Fame faith, our Nova faith, the new levels of faith that will help you and help me today of what God thinks Hall of Fame faith looks like and how it affects our lives, our city, and our church. Can someone say amen? Let's read the rest of her story. Joshua chapter 2, you'll see it on the screen behind me. Rahab was a prostitute in a city called Jericho. Jericho was this fortified city, this massive city, and God's people had come across out of the desert. Now God said, you're going to take this city and this land, and this is going to be your home, but you've got to have to do some battle. I want to let you know today, when God promises something, sometimes there's some battles in there. Some of you need to fight for your marriage. Some of you need to fight for your kids. Some of you need to fight for your purity. Some of you need to fight for the dreams God put in you. God paid everything for our eternity, but not a dime for our destiny. That's on us. It's called choices. And God goes, listen, I've promised you this, but there's some things in your way. And one was this city called Jericho. Rahab lived in this city, and she worked as a prostitute in the middle of this city, far from God. And it says that Joshua sent these spies to check out this city before they went to battle. We pick it up here in chapter 2 of Joshua, verse 1. It says, And Joshua secretly sent out two spies from the Israelite camp, and he instructed them, scattered the land on the other side of the Jordan River, especially around Jericho. So the two men sent out. And they came to the house of the prostitute named Rahab and stayed there the night. It says in verse 3, So the king of Jericho heard about this, and he sent orders to Rahab. He said, Bring out the men who have come into your house, for they have come here to spy out the whole land. But Rahab had hidden the two men. We jump over into verse 6. Actually, she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them underneath some crops under some wheat, under some bundles of flax that she had laid out to dry, and she hid the men on her roof from the king and the police. The spies are sitting there afraid for their life. The, the king and the police, everybody leaves, and then she starts talking to these men. I love this. It says in verse 9, she starts talking to them. She goes, I know the Lord has given you this land and this city. For we have heard how the Lord made a dry path for you through the Red Sea when you left Egypt. And we know what you did. And the two Amorite kings in the east of the Jordan River, whose people you completely destroyed. Verse 11. No wonder our hearts have melted in fear. No one has the courage to fight after hearing. Please don't miss that. After hearing such things. For the Lord your God is the supreme God of the heavens above and the earth below. Verse 14. It goes on. It says... He said, she said, goes on and goes, listen, if you don't forget about me, if you remember me, I've heard about your God, and I know what's going to happen, but if you don't forget about me, I'm going to help you escape. 
And they say in verse 14, we offer our lives as a guarantee for your safety. The men agreed. If you don't betray us, we will keep our promise and be kind to you when the Lord gives us the land. There's this amazing story of this woman who's a prostitute. In the middle of her shame and her pain and her daily life, the city had heard about this God and his people. And when God starts to do things, it's a good reputation. People start to hear when God starts to move. People are already hearing what God's doing with our church here. The reputation goes before us. Is it true that they welcome anybody to come in here? We preach a good God and a good gospel. Listen, God loves you so much to, to meet you right where he found you, but he loves you way too much to leave you there. You can come as you are, but God will always bring you higher. God will always make you better. She said, we heard about God. We heard about your God and what happened, and we we're living in fear because your God is amazing. And she said, listen, if I help you escape, if I help you, and so the Bible says that she then lowered them down through a basket through her, her house was on the wall. These walls were so thick. You could drive chariots on top, this massive city. And her house was in the side of this wall. She let the spies down at night through the window out to run back. They went back and brought the report, got a plan, came back. The Bible says that God gave them a great victory and the walls came crashing down and the spies, true to their word, went in and found Rahab, found her family, rescued her and brought her back. Let me tell you the rest of the story. The walls did come down. Rahab was saved. The spies were good to their word. She went back and actually married an Israelite. She married one of them, and they gave birth to a son named Boaz. Boaz married a woman named Ruth. There's actually a book in the Bible named after her. Now she's linked in, and she's joined in to the people of God, and down through her kids, and her kids give birth to a guy named David who became king, who killed a giant and became king of a kingdom, and through David's family, and Kids and kids and kids. Eventually, Jesus was born. That the greatest hope the world has ever known, the greatest rescue mission ever known, that God rescued us far from him because of our sin and our choices, the greatest rescue plan that's ever been set up, happened, and came back through and be traced to a prostitute that trusted God with her life. I take great hope in that today. That's why she's in the faith chapter. Let me explain it to you. The whole key for this whole verse is in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, the very first verse we read today in Hebrews chapter 1. It says, what is faith? Because there's this mystery about church, church and faith, and we think we got to be good enough. We think we gotta, we got to sing loud enough, though we are a church that sings loud. We think we got to give enough money in the plate. We are a church that gives. But it's not about that. We think we've got to speak the right way and act the right way. And so many people avoid church and they, they confuse it with faith. What does the Bible say faith looks like? We make it so complicated. The Bible says that faith is the confidence in what we will hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance of the things we cannot see. My friends, I want to let you know that we have a confidence. Faith is confidence that the things we hope for we'll see. What's your confidence in? Confidence isn't what you've done. It's who he is. Listen to me this morning. Your faith and your confidence is in, in how much money you make or how many degrees you have or who you know. It's in the God we serve. My son is 13, plays soccer. He plays high-level soccer. And once in a while, he'll get in a scoring slump. And I've been traveling a lot, and I'll be somewhere. I'm like, Nancy's like, hey, Josh got a game today. I'm like, all right, tell him. Tell my boy. I'll give him $5 a goal. Somebody like, you bribe your kids? I have no problem bribing my kids to score. Come on, somebody. I'm like, five bucks a goal. 
He scores a goal. He comes off the field. He's like, yeah, dad owes me five bucks. Dad owes me 10 bucks. Dad owes me 15 bucks. How many know my son has confidence he's going to get his money, not because of how well he played, but how good I am? See, my son knows me. When I say yes, I mean yes. When I say no, which is fairly often, it means no. That when I say that I'm going to pay you for goals, he doesn't have to convince me. He doesn't have to clean his room harder. He doesn't have to score more goals. He knows if I said it, I'll deliver. Because if I said it, his confidence is in my character, not his behavior. My friend, I want to let you know today, this is really the truth you need to walk away from today. We can have Nova faith. We can have great faith. When we understand the faith that we need as a church, the faith you need in your marriage, in your parenting, in your business, with your life, isn't on what you've done. It's who he is. This will change your life if you get a hold of it today. Great faith is understanding who he is, not what we've done. That's great faith. Christianity and this faith that we serve is the only faith that, listen, every other religion is trying to get to heaven. If you can serve enough, if you can go to the right city at the right time, if you can, if you can be, just do enough, maybe you can get to heaven. This is the only faith that God said, no, no, I'll come to you. Our faith is not built on our works, it's built on his goodness. That's good news today. I want to let you know today, this PowerPoint, great faith is in understanding who he is, not what we have done. It'll change your life. It's not wishing. It's not being optimistic. Some of you are like, you guys are just wishful thinkers. It's not just being positive. It's understanding the character of God. We as a church are here to let you know the character of God. He is for you, not against you. God's not here to condemn Halifax. He's not here to condemn your life. If he wanted to condemn the world, he would have sent a condemner. It says he sent a savior. Why? He wanted to save us because he's that good. Oh, God's got a plan for our life. He's good. He's so good. In Josh chapter 2, 10 and 11, it says, I have heard. I've heard of what your God did. I heard about the battles. I've heard it. We have, we have no courage to fight anymore because God is so good. Your God is so great. I want to encourage you today. Rahab's faith came out of seeing the greatness of God, not looking at a past full of regret. If anybody had a chance to say, I, I don't qualify for this. We play these mind games, don't we? Am I the only one that talks to myself? I don't need critics on Facebook. I don't need critics online. I got my own critics right up here in my head. The voices in my head and just start saying, hey, you're, you're not good enough to do this. This isn't going to work. If anybody had a chance to disqualify themselves from a life of faith and of God, it's Rahab. Listen, my friends, when she let those men out there, through her window to their freedom, it wasn't the first time she had hidden men in her house. It wasn't the first time she let them out through her window. You can't help but read the text to understand it was her livelihood. How many times did women come to the door screaming and crying, going, I know you're in there, calling their husband by name. I know you're in there. How many times did kids come to the door knocking gently? Dad, are you there? This woman had a reputation from her past of regret. But her faith that put her in the faith chapter is based on not who she was, but who God is. She said, I heard about your greatness. I heard about your goodness. And if that God can get you across that river and take over this city, he can get me through my mess and my pain and my shame. And maybe that God has a plan for my life. Nova faith is understanding how good God is, not how bad you are. God's good. God's good. What would happen if our city heard about this God? What would happen? People say, could he be that good? People go, what's the catch? There's no such thing as a free lunch. There's nothing free. Listen, you're telling me that God doesn't judge me on my past. He forgives me. He meets me in my mess, but he'll take me out of my mess and help me. And we can belong to this community. And God can bring us heart. Yeah, he's that good. 
What would happen in our city if we started to preach that message, live that kind of life, that kind of know the faith in your work, in your school, in your home, going, oh, God's good. Yeah, but aren't you the guys that had that pain and that problem in your life? Yeah, but God's good. Wait, isn't your kid going through something? Yeah, I know, but God's good. I got faith. I got faith it's going to turn around. Yeah, but I don't know if you have enough people. I don't know if you've got enough money. I don't know if you, your parents aren't. Well, listen, it's not based on who I am. It's who he is. What would happen if our city heard this message? A city far from God that God is good. Listen, someone has to push back on being normal. Normal faith won't change anything. Normal faith is, man, I got confidence in my degree. I got confidence in one of the couple hundred contacts in my phone that I can call when I get in trouble. Confidence in my line of credit. Listen, normal faith isn't going to change our city. Our city needs a move of God. Our city needs to know that God is, loves them and he made them and he's called them and he's here for them. Normal faith won't do that. We need to push back as a church normal. This is not a normal church. If you're not convinced, wait till next week when we got zoo animals in front. People have said to us, you're renting the theater. That's an awful big theater for a new church. I know, because we're not normal. This is not normal. Normal faith is not what this city needs. We have big vision and big dreams. Why? Because God is a big God. This is not based on our talent, my preaching, our worship, our team. It's based on the goodness of God. Someone needs to push back on being normal. As East Coasters, I'm an East Coast boy. I'm a Halifax boy. Born in Spryfield, grew up in Sackville. Come on, somebody. I might shank you. Come on, somebody. You can't say Spryfield without doing this. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. But on the East Coast, don't we have a small mindset? I grew up thinking, we'll never get the big bands like U2, the Rolling Stones. It was always the Ravine tour. You know what I'm saying? Some of you are way too young to know who Ravine is. You have no idea who Blockbuster is either, by the way. Please be kind and rewind. But some of my people are in this room. You remember the man they call Ravine. Every year it was his goodbye tour for 30 years. We have such a small mindset going, now why would people come here? Why? It's just, no, no, we do things small. I want to encourage you. We have big dreams as a church to fill this theater, not once, but multiple times. Not because of our confidence in who we are, but how good God is, that this message is good, that our God is good. And Nova Faith, Hall of Fame Faith, it says, it doesn't matter who you are, where you've been. When God gets a hold of your life and you understand his character, you can trust him, you can hope in him, and you can have a confidence of what he started, he'll finish in your life. Some Nova Faith. This morning we had some of us here at 6 a.m. unloading trucks, laughing, high five, and we'll see if we're doing that in January because we all know what's coming in January. <laughs> Got to push past normal. Push past normal. No one remembers normal. They don't name people in the Bible after normal. Well, you know, there's greatness inside of you. I don't know you today, all of you, but there's greatness inside of you. Your heart's even beat now. No, God's put a purpose on your life, a plan for your life to do something, to make a difference, to be the best husband or wife, best business leader, teacher, minister, politician. God's put greatness inside of you. I want you to know God has Hall of Fame faith inside of you, Nova faith, and it's based on how good God is. Listen, Rahab's faith, this Hall of Fame faith, it stayed even when the walls of her city fell down. That moment when the city crumbled, I'm sure she's thinking, I don't know if God's going to come through. Listen, you need to know today, Nova faith is the kind that stands up even when your world falls apart. Some of you today, your world's falling apart. You walk in, you're going, you don't know my marriage. No, but I know my God. Some of you are like, my kids aren't doing well. My kids aren't doing well. 
They're hooked on stuff. They're going through stuff. Listen, I want to let you know today, when your world's falling apart, God has the kind of faith available that can get through when your world falls apart. Some of you, it's a diagnosis. You need a miracle from God. Here's how you know you need a miracle. A banker can't fix it. A politician can't fix it. A doctor can't fix it. And a preacher can't fix it. But I know this, God is a miracle-working God. We have the kind of faith that gets through when walls come down, when your world is shaken, and some of you are going through a shaking time. You can have the kind of faith that has a confidence going, the walls may be falling, my world may be shaking, but I have a confidence that the things I cannot see right now, I will see. Some of you, your marriage is walked in shaky, but come on, God has a faith available, you can get through this. Some are like, I don't know if I can get through this season. I don't know if I can get through my singleness. I don't know if I can get through parenting. Listen, God has the kind of faith to get you through this. He's cheering you on, and so are we today. When everything's shaking around you, you can trust God. You can trust God with your faith. Hope based on us is fragile, isn't it? If our hope, if our faith is based on what we can do, it's fragile. Jobs are fragile. Friends are fragile, aren't they? The best things in life and the worst things in life have a face attached to it. And sometimes people you thought would never leave you, people you thought would never walk out, it starts with unfriending on Facebook. Facebook has changed the way we define friends. But if your hope is based on your, on your social network and how many people follow you on social media or who you hang with, people change and people can walk out. And a hope based on our job or our friends or on our influence or on our looks or on our stuff is fragile and temporal. Nova faith isn't in what you know, it's who you know. Nova faith isn't in what you know, it's who you know. Listen, I want to let you know today, we are dealers of hope as a church. Let it be said that Nova Church and those with Nova faith, we're dealers of hope on every corner in the city. We're going to be the biggest dealers in the city. Some of you were drug dealers. I know you. Some of you, man, you know. Listen, God wants to redeem us. And just like Rahab used the skills that she learned in her shame to let men out her window to freedom, that were hiding from their wives. God wants to use the same skills that you use in your shame. He wants to use it for his fame. And some of you were hustlers and dealers and people leading people in the wrong direction. God wants to use that talent to lead people and be dealers, not of drugs, but of hope. On every corner, in every cafe, in every school, in every home, let it be said of us that we are dealers of hope. Yeah, it's been a bad week. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, man. I know you're going through it, but I got hope. Listen, I don't know if I can make it through this. No, you can have hope today. I don't know if this is going to get off the ground. No, no, we have hope today. Why? Because the Bible says if God's good enough, if God's with us, who can be against us? I want to let you know today, if you're coming to this church, if you don't like hope, you're not going to like this church. Come on, pastor, you got to go deeper. There's nothing deeper than knowing that God is with us. And the God that made us is the God that saved us. And the God that saved us is the God that's with us. And the God that's with us is going to help us have faith today. We have hope. We are dealers of hope. We're going to sing about it. We're going to shout about it. We're going to preach about it. Our kids are going to learn that there's hope. No matter who's in the office of president or prime minister, no matter what the economy looks like or the weather, we have hope not in a man, but in a name above all other names, Jesus Christ. We have hope today. I want to let you know we're done with small dreams and big regrets. I know some of your stories in this room. And as life has gone on, your regrets got bigger and your dreams got smaller. Listen, dream again. Know of a faith, dream again. Me and my wife are in our 40s, and we said as we were turning 40, she's much older than me by two months, by the way. She turned 40. I was still in my 30s. I was like, you're in your 40s. She's like, you're two months away. I'm like, listen, I got time. You're, you're Demi Moore, and I'm Ashton Kutcher. Come on, somebody. I'm just, I'm that young. When we turned 40, I said, babe, I want more dreams. 
I felt God say to me, God speaking to me, go, Mike, you want to spend your 40s telling stories about your 30s or do you want more stories? I'm like, I want more stories. The stories even coming out of last week of people not meeting a preacher, but meeting a God that says, I give you a second chance. We'll let you know today, we got big dreams. Big dreams. Push away our small regrets. Rahab had no reason to hope in herself. But Nova faith outlasts crumbling walls and stained reputations. The greatest hope the world has ever known came through a woman with no reason to look forward with expectation. But she said, I've heard about your God. This woman, Rahab, had no reason to look forward with her life. She wasn't making plans of expectation. And that woman met this God. And because of her, she had a hope and expectation that went through history to give birth to the greatest hope we've ever known in Jesus Christ. Well, you know today, we get our hopes up. It's a faith beyond reason and beyond experience. It doesn't make sense, people. You need to know today, it doesn't make sense. You're like, I don't know, this doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand it either. If it was small enough for my mind, it wouldn't be big enough for my need. I don't understand my iPhone. I don't understand how this works. But I know I can be in Texas and my baby girl, my 10-year-old can FaceTime me and we're having a conversation. I'm in te- I don't understand how that works. But I sure enjoy it. Can I let you know today? We have a faith. We have a faith that's beyond reason. It doesn't make sense. Get your hopes up today. We have Nova faith, and it's beyond our experience. Do you know the average church, the average church in Nova Scotia is 50 people? People say, you want to plant a church in Halifax? I'm like, yeah, a whole bunch of us do. Why? Because we have big faith. We have Nova faith beyond experience, beyond what we've expected, beyond reason. We expect, why? Because we know God has a message of hope today. I want to let you know today that God wants you to get your hopes up. It's a faith not based on talents or skills. I want to let you know today, we're not talented enough as a church. We don't pray enough as a church. This isn't happening. The miracle you're seeing happening last week and this week and the next week and the week after isn't because we pray enough. We don't. We need to pray, but we don't pray enough. We're not talented enough. We're not that good on this stage. This message is not that good. Someone said amen in the back. It's not based on our talents. It's not based on our skills. It's not based on our social network. We're not smart enough. It's because we have a faith in a God that is good that use anybody. We're a bunch of jokers and misfits, but God wants to use us and let you know the city will hear us because we have big dreams. We're nice, but make no mistake, we have big dreams and we're not slowing down and we're not shutting up and we believe there's good news. Marriages need this. Kids need this. Teenagers need this. Seniors need to know that their last days can be more important than their former. We have hope. It's not what we've done, but who he is. I got hope today. I got fear and I got questions, but I got a hope that grounds me. When smoke alarms are going off and zoo animals are running wild, I got a hope have a hope today. Let me ask you, what about you today? What about you? Some of you have faith and you love Jesus Christ and you've given your life to Jesus Christ. But somewhere you've gone from Nova faith, from Hall of Fame faith to your faith. You're thinking, if I can just pray enough, and praying is important, all praying is is talking to the God that believes in you. But some of you have settled for a, a faith of works going, if I can just give enough and listen, We need a lot of money to make this run, but it's not going to get you any closer to heaven or God. It'll help us get the message to people, but you can't build your faith on what you give. Somewhere you've put your faith in 
in your talents or maybe how hard you work or how often you come to church or how high you can raise your hands. And somewhere, you're in the middle of your walls crumbling. You're like, is it, could it be possibly true? That God is this good? And some of you have forgotten today, you need a miracle today. I want to pray for two groups of people today. The first one is this, you know God, you love God, you serve God. I don't know why you're here today. I don't know why you show up to this church today. Maybe you haven't gone to church for a while. Maybe you needed some changes in your life. But you need a miracle today. If we were honest, talking over coffee one-on-one, you say, Mike, I feel like the walls in my life are coming down. I feel like things are crumbling around me. It might be your marriage. It might be your workplace. You just got some drama going on. You don't understand how it's going to happen. You got, maybe you got more bills and you have income. I don't know. Maybe it's health. I want to pray for you today. With every head bowed, if you can just close your eyes for a moment, I want to pray for you today. You say, Mike, I love God. I know God, but I need a miracle in my life. I need it either financially or relationally, or I need it with my health. If that's you, with every head bowed, just to give privacy for a moment, if that's you, can you just raise your hand? I want to pray for you right where you are. I'm not going to call you up. I'm not going to get you to stand up. I'm just going to just raise your hand real quick. I see those hands. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see those hands. I see that hand. You put your hand right down. I want to pray for you today. And believe today as you walk out of here, understand you can have Hall of Fame, Nova Faith today. You're going to walk out with the same contacts in your phone, the same money in your bank account, the same degrees or lack of degrees hanging on your wall in your office, but you can know this. It's not in what you've done. It's who God is. You can have confidence today that God has a plan for your life. It says in 1 Corinthians 2.9, it says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those that love Him. Only you know God has a bigger plan than you think He is. God is better than you know He is. He's bigger than you've seen Him be. He's got a good plan. Let's pray. Father, I thank You for my friends today. They walked in here today. their walls are crumbling down. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our hope is in you. You're the God bigger than pain. You're the God bigger than cancer. His name bigger than cancer. It's bigger than unemployment. It's bigger than divorce. It's bigger than sin. It's bigger than pain. It's bigger than addictions. It's bigger than rebellion of teenagers. God, you are bigger than these things. And Father, we agree together right now for a miracle to happen under the sound of my voice. Not because we are good, but you are. And let it be said of our city, they'll hear the greatness of your goodness. I met a God that helps marriages. I met a God, I serve a God that helps kids. I met a God that helps us and heals us. Father, right now, I pray for every need under the sound of my voice. I pray for a miracle. God, would you do what you can only do? I pray for healings right now in Jesus' name. I pray for just a forgiveness, and I pray for a healing of relationships in Jesus' name. I pray for teenagers and kids that are far from God, that parents' hearts are breaking today. I pray there be a restoration this week in Jesus' name. I pray where miracles are needed in finances. I pray for jobs we don't deserve, promotions we didn't expect. I pray, God, that you would give us favor beyond our experience. In the name of Jesus Christ, the second group I want to pray for today is this. He's like, Mike, I don't know God. I've heard about him. I saw your church on Facebook. A friend invited me. I'm liking the lights and the smoke and I'm liking the coffee, but I don't know about this, but I know that if this is true, I want to serve that God. 
On the count of three, I'm just going to ask you in a moment, if that's you, to raise your hand. And all I'm going to do is I'm going to pray with you. And you're going to start your journey of faith. You say, Mike, I want to trust God with my life. See, all Rahab had to do was trust God with her life. Say, listen, I trust you. No matter what's shaking, no matter where I've been, no matter my regret and my pain, I believe my future is not based in my talent, but who God is. I want you to know today, the Bible says, whoever, whoever, that means you, every face, every race in this place, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I need to be saved from the sin and choices and junk in my life, and we all need that moment. They're like, Mike, I need to start my relationship with God. You're not joining a church. We're not going to visit you and knock on your door. We're not going to make you join anything. We're just going to simply pray and believe. You can start your faith, and then you're going to go get plugged into a church. It might be this one or another one. Because you need to know about the God that believes in you. That's where your faith comes from. The more you know, the more your faith grows. If that's you, say, Mike, I want to start my faith. I want God to take over my life. I want to start a new faith today. I want to start a Nova faith. I I want to give my life and trust God with my future, with my family. Take my past and give them my future. If that's you all over this place on the count of three with every head bowed. One. It's not everybody in this room, but it is somebody. Today is your day. You can walk out with your hopes high. Two. This is why we're doing this. This is why we're here at 6 a.m. setting up. That's why we have coffee in the lobby. That's why the lights are on. It's so you know that God is good. He has a plan for you. Three all over this place. If that's you, just raise your hands real high. If that's you, all over this place. All over this place. Just put it up for one minute so I can see it and put it down. Up for a minute, put it down. All right, put them right back down. Let's pray. Can we all pray this prayer together today? If you've said this prayer for the first time or you've said it lots of times, can you repeat after me? It's not a special prayer. It's just a prayer of faith. It's confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Come on, repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, say it again with me nice and loud. Lord Jesus Christ, I give you my life. I thank you that I can trust you with my past, with my present, and my future. God, take away my choices that led me far from you. God, I want you to to lead my life. I give you my heart. I give you my future. And I give you my past. Come into my life. Make me new. And lead me. In Jesus' name. Come on, give me a round of applause today for those that said that prayer today. All over this place, as we get ready to close, can we stand to our feet before my wife comes and closes? Can we stand to our feet and sing this song about the beautiful name of Jesus Christ? It's the name above all names. Listen to me today. As you leave here, get your hopes up. We have faith, not in who we are, but who he is. Come on. Let's believe today. Let's believe today. No other name. That's who our faith is in.